This is Deep Dive. I'm Sui. This week, a trade expo has been generating a buzz in Shanghai. 再来关注第五届中国国际进口博览会。The CIIE China International Import Expo is taking place in Shanghai. The largest import expo ever in the world. Wants to bridge supply and demand using this great network. The CIIE is said to be a platform that helps businesses connect with the Chinese market. This year's event also comes at a time when the world economy is struggling with problems like rising inflation and inequality. How does this platform work? I spoke with my colleague Dou Hongyu, who's in Shanghai covering the event. This episode is brought to you on Thursday, November 10th. Uh, so Hongyu, I remember when I covered the CII years ago, the alpaca booth by a Peruvian company drew a lot of attention. And this time this year, I heard those herdsmen actually got richer back in their own country、uh, because their products are popular in China. And tell me、mm-hmm. what you saw at this year's expo. What the event means for their business? Well, the alpaca booth is also a star this year. It has won lots of people's love with their cute alpaca products. In general, China has a, a, a lot of、uh, potential in terms of economic potential. Right, so people love luxurious products, and、uh, alpaca is, you know, 100% luxury. So I think this is a great market for us to approach. But five years ago, when they attended the expo for the first time, they were very surprised that the Chinese people love their products, which led to lots of deals after the expo.、Uh, I've also talked to lots of first-time exhibitors and small companies at the expo. Um, they want to. They want the Chinese customers to get familiar with their products, their business outlook. They also want to get some attention from the government. But overall, they want the Chinese market to know about their companies. So, for many of the first-time participants and for small companies and beginners of China market, the CIIE is a chance for them to be seen and get connected to the China market.、Hmm. So you talk about smaller companies, smaller partners.、Uh, what about those large and well-known companies, like those from、uh, a Fortune 500? Well, these companies are normally the most attractive, with lots of visitors at their booth all the time.、Uh, they're mostly returning participants, so they don't want to show the same products every year. They want to show people their new and pioneering products and ideas at every year's CIIE. So the first hope is to translate the exhibits and innovation to commodities. This CIIE is、uh, the first function of this event for these big companies is to turn exhibits to、uh, commodities. I talked to a German pharmaceutical giant called Bayer. They're playing. They're displaying their debut products there at their booth, and among them are two、uh, special drugs that were once. Exhibited as what they called innovative products for the future. We showcased those products in the third and fourth CIE, and they will soon reach、um, the patients、uh, here in, in, in China.、And、When they、uh, so、displayed those two drugs at previous editions of the CIE, a domestic company got interested in these products. So they talked about their cooperation, their ideas, and their collaborations about the products. And their、uh, plan for future research and development together. And today, these drugs are displayed as 
commodities. Mm -hmm. So this is an example of how this event helps them to translate their exhibits, their innovation to commodities. Mm. And also for many large companies, uh, this event also means a testing ground. When those companies promote a new kind of product, they need to get to know whether people like it or not, especially on the Chinese market. So they show their products, they get feedback from the expo, they get reflection from people, and they go home and improve their products so then they can show better products next year. So for large and those exhibitors taking part in this event for more than one time, this event means a catalyst for businesses in China. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how the business talks at the expo are being materialized because we know from past experiences the amount of business deal reached at the CIIE was enormous. So what kind of mm-hmm. deals can the business actually get from the expo? Like how are the business people spending their time in Shanghai? Do they just hold formal talks in a booth and talk about deals or they just get something tentative like an MOU? Uh, the exhibitors and potential partners at the expo do sign big deals because it is one of their biggest goals of this trip. The fifth China International Import Expo had seen more than four billion U.S. dollars in tentative deals after the Trade and Investment Matchmaking Conference concluded. Exhibitors from over 50 countries. Expo in Shanghai, and more than two billion U.S. dollars in deals have been signed between Chinese companies and global partners in technical equipment, staple products. They also signed cooperation products and purchase agreement. But what leads to all these signing activities is their communications and exchanges during the six-day expo. So when you come to their exhibition stands, there would be someone with a company coming up and introduce to you what they have to offer and what makes the product stand out. And after their business talks, they would sign tentative deals. There are over 100 collective signing activities during this year's expo. For example, on the first day of the expo, Philips and a company in Shanghai signed a deal of 300 million US dollars. But in ordinary times, this doesn't happen that quickly. And the communications and exchanges don't only happen between exhibitors and visitors, but also between participating companies and the government and also among those exhibitors. Those exhibitors are present at the same space and the same time, so they got opportunities to talk to each other. For example, once I saw a Japanese company talking to a Singaporean company about their cooperation on the China market. They've also exchanged their information of their products, and they exchanged their contact information for further collaboration. So this platform is indeed a great place for exhibitors to sign great deals and to talk about their future collaboration. Hmm. So since most of the deals are tentative, what about after the expo? Normally, what's it like for these companies to further materialize the business projects or the business deals Mm -hmm. they got from the expo and tap into the Chinese market? Well, every year, the ending of each edition of CIIE is actually a start of a new beginning the beginning of exhibitors and partners' collaboration on those deals. About two years ago, a Tibetan hospital signed a deal with Siemens at the booth to buy their CT vehicle, which is a vehicle that carries a computed tomography with 5G technology. This kind of machine can connect Tibetan people with medical experts from big cities and better hospitals. About one month after the expo, the vehicle was driven to Tibet. 
So you can see it was very quick. And a few months later, the vehicle started traveling around the region to provide medical support to local people. This is a small project, actually. There are a lot of big projects there and a lot of big deals. But those big deals also follow the same logic. So the biggest power of the CIIE is actually released after the expo. Mm -hmm. So now can we say the CIIE is becoming more of like a steady business communication platform rather than just like you said, it's not just a six day event every year. You said the end of each year's expo means a beginning of a new business circle. Indeed, this is not just the beginning of new communications, but also the start of more better trades. And Shanghai has set up such platforms called six plus 365 days. Six actually means the six day long event and 365 means all year round. And there's one such platform just one block away from the exhibition center where the CIIE is held. And now there are over 180 companies and organizations from 76 countries and regions here on this one single platform. They have exported over 90,000 kinds of commodities to China. And now there are over 60 such platforms in Shanghai. So if you take a deeper look into it, you can find that behind these commodities are those companies and people related to the production and the trades. And some of the people may be vulnerable individuals. So the impact of the CIIE starts from the expo and spills over to companies and finally reach millions and billions of people around the world. Right. So talking about uh, ordinary visitors like you and me, uh, I can remember when my colleagues and I, we cover the first and second CIIE. Uh, we were in the exhibition center. We just spent hours combing the pavilions and we got mm -hmm. loads of good stuff. For me, frankly speaking, besides in the expo pavilions, I never spend so much time and so much money uh, shopping in you know a single afternoon. But I can still sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I walk through the pavilions, I can sense certain uh, consumption patterns. Like cosmetics, always popular among visitors. And when mm -hmm. we visited the uh, automobile section, Tesla obviously dominated the section. So. This year, how do overseas business view the consumption trends when it comes to retail sales and how are they adapting to the Chinese market? Mm -hmm. I've talked to some large companies that have already taken part in this event for five times, like IKEA and Panasonic. One of their reply is that the Chinese market is changing very fast and Chinese consumers, the trends of consumer spending are changing very fast. There's innovation coming out from the Chinese market. Chinese consumers are very tech-savvy, and they embrace technology, they like technology. So I believe maybe in uh, five years later, this kind of hydrogen car, China would be the largest market in the world. Almost every day. So they have to keep up with the change. For example, uh, today, maybe young consumers are more caring about the colors and size of products, not just on functions. So they have to work more on their designs. Older generations would pay more attention to the functionality of furniture and appliances. But for young people now, beyond functions, they focus more on aesthetics, fashion, and other factors that can make personal statements. And 
one of the people I talked uh, told me in the past they designed those products based on European market or the market in Japan, and then bring those products to China. But now, as the, the purchasing power of Chinese people is quite big and it's changing very fast, so they're considering designing those products in China based on the preferences of Chinese customers, and then bring those products to other market, to the overseas market. So this is one of the changes. Those companies are also adapting the changes by keeping up with uh, new economies and new trends in the Chinese market. Just like the changes with young people I've just talked about. And also there's a gray hair economy because China is aging very fast. So I could see lots of companies bring their innovation, their innovative products to China that can improve the life of senior people. Seniors rarely use bathtubs. If you ask them why, they say one major reason is that the tub is too high and slippery for them to step over. This can be very dangerous. This walking tub can solve the problem. You can open the door of the tub, walk into it and close the door. Then you can fill the tub and take a bath. We have uh, several dimensions of growth in, in China. We have uh, the aging population, of course. Uh, but we also have a very low awareness in China. So only 5% of the people that need a hearing aid are actually using one. And uh, also, one of the biggest characteristics of Chinese market is our online platforms. So those foreign companies have to uh, adapt with this trend by putting their products online and cater for people's needs, like putting their label designs online. And also during the expo, I've seen lots of companies live streaming at their booth and selling their products at the same time. This may not happen in other countries. So I think this is how they try to adapt with the Chinese market by getting to know as much as, I, as they can uh, about the Chinese consumers and then change their strategic plans on this market. Hmm. It's very interesting to hear that uh, those exhibitors actually live stream their products online while on mm -hmm. the booth at the event. They are actually indeed adapting to the uh, Chinese behavior, consumer behaviors. And mm -hmm. talking about not just about individual visitors, but about countries' participants, and the organizer this time in Shanghai, they've promised to increase the presence of the ADCO members, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, and the RCEP members, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership countries. So what's your observation there? Because for some of those countries, they are actually smaller business partners, but they traditionally do not necessarily own a strong market share in China. Yes, uh, there are more companies from SEO countries and RCEP countries. And especially this year, we can see companies from all RCEP countries. Because with those agreements and framework, companies can enjoy the preferential policies like simplified customs procedures and lower or zero tariffs. So this makes it much easier for those companies to come to the Chinese market and introduce their products. Uh, but they also need a platform for them to introduce themselves to the Chinese market, especially for those small companies, those small economies. For example, there's an exhibition zone displaying products from SCO members. 
There are saffron from Iran and pomegranate juice from Azerbaijan, which is an SEO dialogue partner. They need to expand their impact on the Chinese market. And apart from introducing their products and services, it's also important for them to introduce their cultures to Chinese customers. Because if you let people get familiar with your cultures and like your cultures, it'll be easier for you to introduce your products and get Chinese customers accept your products. Based on your interviews, against this backdrop of mounting pressures facing global trade and supply chains, and generally speaking, how do the participants, both I mean nation participants and business participants, see the, mm-hmm. how they view the value of the CIIE? Some of my interviewees and the expo told me that they've been through a hard time due to the pandemic and uncertainties of global market. But that is also the reason why they come here. And for them, the value of CIIE lies on their confidence of the Chinese market especially with a firm and clear promise to further open up and improve business environments in China. The companies and countries, no matter whether they're big or small, have recognized the burgeoning consumer market. China has the world's largest middle income group, and it says to swell as China's trying to improve people's living standards. So the companies can feel the incredible purchasing power here. And also China is promoting the dual circulation with the domestic and international circulation of economy. And those companies and exhibiting countries see this event as the intersection of the two circulations. So for them, CIE is really an important part of their journey and the journey of their products to China. Thank you very much, Hongyu. Thank you. According to organizers, Intended deals reach at this year's CIIE total over 73 billion U.S. dollars. The number is up by some 4% from last year. The deals span equipment, green development, consumer goods, and more. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Deep Dive. For more stories, you can subscribe to the show. You can also leave comments on your podcast platform about what you want to know about China and the rest of the world. This episode is brought to you by me, Sui, and my colleagues Fei Fei and Zhang Zhang. Special thanks to my colleague Dou Hongyu. See you next time.